0: Most of our readings tonight have been from Matthew, but I'm going to look at the, uh, the crucifixion through the lens of, of Mark's gospel. And in his depiction of Jesus' death, uh, of, of Jesus's death Mark, Mark consistently shows a concern for what visual artists call values, uh, which is the interplay between darkness and light. And so, for example, uh, you know, every, at, all, at every crucial event in the crucifixion of Jesus, according to Mark, it, everything happens in the darkness. And so you've got the, the Last Supper and the betrayal and the Garden of Gethsemane all happens at night in the darkness. The, the, the trial uh, before the Sanhedrin happens in the darkness. And I want to look specifically at uh, Mark 15.33, where it talks about the hour of Jesus' death and there's this, uh, there's this uh, inexplicable darkness that descends upon the land, and uh, this is what it says. And when the sixth hour had come, there was a darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So many have uh, proposed uh, sort of a natural cause for this darkness that happens uh, at the crucifixion. So uh, it happens, it says here, on the, from, the, from the ninth hour, uh, or from the third hour to the ninth hour, which is, which is noon, between noon and, and 3 p.m. And people say, well, maybe this was a solar eclipse. Uh, but the problem with that is that solar eclipses only happen for at most a few minutes, and this happened for several hours. And another problem with that is that this is during the Passover. Jesus was crucified during Passover. And the Passover always happened on a full moon, and, uh, which uh, there, there, there can't be a, a, an eclipse on a full moon. So this wasn't an eclipse. Others proposed maybe it was a desert windstorm. And so in the Middle East, there were these windstorms that, w- that would arise and would, would create darkness uh, over the whole land. The problem is during the Passover, it was the wet season. And uh, wind storms never happened during the wet season, almost never happened during the wet season. So this, this wasn't, uh, it, it can't be explained through natural causes. This is a supernatural darkness. This was a darkness that was deeply symbolic. The question is, what, it, what was it symbolic of, this darkness over all the land? Well, in the Bible, darkness is symbolic of sin. And so it says when somebody is in sin, they're walking in darkness, and so spiritual darkness comes when we turn away from God, our true light, and we make something else the center of our life. And so in the Bible, God uh, sometimes is uh, described as the sun. And the sun gives visual uh, light, you know, it provides uh, life and for things to have vitality. And when, when, you, when, when you orbit around the sun, you, have, you experience the sun's light and the sun's vitality. But if you orbit your life around something else, you lose the sun's light. And it's the same with God. If we orbit our life around career, if we orbit our life around uh, something else besides God, we're in darkness. We're cold. We're groping around. I don't, I don't know if you've ever experienced total darkness. I remember being in the caves here uh, up by Mountain View, and they turn off the lights, and it's total darkness. I remember tripping on a rock and just experiencing this disorientation. Uh, you can't see yourself. You can't see your hands in front of your face. And the Bible says this is what it's like to live in sin. When you orbit your life around something other than God, you're in the darkness. You don't know who you are. You, don't, you, you feel isolated. You're isolated from others and God. But also in the Bible, uh, darkness in, is symbolic of God's judgment. And so the best example of this is way back at the very first Passover in Egypt. You remember all the plagues. And the second to the last plague was all the land was covered in darkness. Which I think is what's going on here. When Jesus dies from the sixth hour to the ninth hour, the whole land is covered in darkness. It's a sign of God's judgment on human sin. But here's the question, who who experiences the darkness here? Who experiences the the coldness and the isolation? Well, the answer is it's Jesus. Because when the darkness descends, the supernatural symbolic darkness descends, Jesus cries out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? What's going on here? Jesus is experiencing the darkness that we deserved. Jesus is experiencing the darkness of being cut off from God's life. Jesus is experiencing God's judgment. The one who knew no sin. The one who always had a perfect relationship with the Father. Now the Father has turned his face away and Jesus is cut off. He's out there in darkness hanging on the cross. But what's the answer to the question, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why is God forsaking Jesus here? And the answer is, for you and for me. The Son of God was forsaken. The Son of God was thrown into darkness so that we might be brought into God's orbit, to God's light. You know, there's no way for us to get out of the darkness ourselves. We'll grope around forever. The only way for us to get out of the dark is for Jesus to plunge himself into the dark. And on that cross, he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The, the judge was judged so that we might be brought into the light. And there's a perfect illustration of, of how Jesus does this. Right when Jesus is crucified, what happens? The veil of the temple is written, was is, uh, ripped in half. And so the light of God's glory in the temple was hidden by that veil, symbolizing we can't go into God's light on our own. But when Jesus dies on the cross, the veil is torn in two, and we're able to walk into the light of God's glory presence. Jesus was hurled into darkness so that we might be brought into God's light. This is God's salvation. And this is what we're thinking about here tonight. We're going to take communion. And, and a communion is a time when we can come into God's light through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And so I'm going to ask the ushers if you'd come forward. Uh, we're going to ask you all to, to, to line up and, and, and they'll dismiss you row by row. But on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. And he says, this is my body broken for you. This is my body cast in the, into the darkness for you. And then he says, this is the, the new covenant in my blood. He took the cup and he said, this is the new covenant. My, my blood shed for your sins so that you might be forgiven, so that you might be brought out of your darkness. And so tonight, if you're here, and maybe you've been walking in darkness this week even, Uh, Here is a night when we could come forward and we could enter boldly into God's presence because Jesus Christ has made the way for us to come out of the darkness. So let's come forward.